From KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter. Hello and welcome to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. Oregon's primary election is about 10 days away on May 17th. Ballots are out and people are voting. Top of the ticket is the Oregon governor's race. It's an open race since Governor Kate Brown can't run again because of term limits. KGW partnered with the City Club of Portland earlier this week for a debate between some of the leading Republican candidates. Political consultant and conservative writer Bridget Barton, Sandy Mayor Stan Pulliam, and founder and CEO of a small microelectronics manufacturer in Southern Oregon, Jessica Gomez, and cancer doctor Bud Pierce of Salem. Former House Republican leader Christine Drazen was scheduled to appear but dropped out of the debate two hours before with no explanation why. In this week's episode, we bring you highlights of the 90-minute debate edited in length for this show. We begin with the news this week about the leaked Supreme Court draft opinion overruling the Roe v. Wade decision establishing a constitutional right to an abortion. It's important to note the opinion is just a draft and not final. With that in mind, we asked the candidates if the Supreme Court were to overturn Roe v. Wade, where they would stand on abortion access in Oregon. If elected, what changes, if any, would you make regarding abortion access in Oregon? And if Roe v. Wade is overturned, what will your response be as governor? We begin with Jessica Gomez. You'll go first. A reminder, please keep your answers here to 60 seconds. Please go ahead. Thank you. I'm so glad that we're being asked this question right now. Uh, I happen to be pro-choice. Uh, I believe that that is constitutionally protected right now. And I really urge the Supreme Court to uphold that. That being said, uh, it's it's codified in, in Oregon state law. And so uh, for me, you wouldn't see uh, changes um, to uh, this piece of, of uh, Oregon law. And I think you know we need to support women's health. It's really an important part. Oregon is pro-choice. I'm pro-choice and we should remain that way. All right, thank you, Ms. Gomez. Uh, Bud Pierce, you're up next, same question. So I'm pro-life, uh, but I believe in obeying the law. If elected governor, I'm not the law, and I will obey the laws of the United States and of Oregon. My effort will be on to better support uh, pregnant women in their pregnancy after their children are born, to better support child care efforts and educational efforts so no one feels the pressure to have an abortion because they feel like it's too much, too overwhelming to bring a child into the world. That's my answer. Dr. Pierce, I do want to clarify here, though, where you stand. If the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, would you agree or disagree with that decision? Uh, I believe that the Constitution does not protect uh, in the Constitution a right to an abortion. I believe it's up to the states to decide, and Oregon has strong laws uh, that currently uh, protect uh, their rights. So I will obey the law. So you would support that decision. I did want to ask you, because in 2016, when you ran for governor, you were in favor of Oregon's existing abortion policy. Why the flip flop? Well, it's not really a flip flop. I was uh, supported by Oregon Right to Life. What I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man of faith. Um, I went through a, a, some trauma with uh, Selma's passing, uh, you know, re-looked re at my faith and the strength of my faith and uh, came to the conclusion that um, I'm in my heart and soul. Uh, pro-life. And so that's where I am. And again, I'll obey the law, uh, the laws of Oregon and of the, uh, of the uh, Constitution of the United States. And again, my effort will be on supporting women who are pregnant so that they'll want to continue their pregnancy if they so desire uh, and not feel the pressure because it's so difficult to have a child that they'll not want to have the child. 
And you mentioned your wife Selma's passing and our condolences to Selma and to you as well. I'm going to move on to Bridget Barton. If elected, what changes, if any, would you make regarding abortion access in Oregon? And if Roe v. Wade is overturned, what will your response be as governor? So first of all, this was a, a, a terrible breach of security and, and truly an attack on our democracy, on our form of constitutional government. So this was an appalling act by whoever perpetrated it. Most likely this came from uh, the radical leftists, the same people who have driven our state into the ditch with their very fanatical progressive leftist policies and an inability to really solve our real problems. That being said, I would agree with the decision. I am pro-life. Like most people in the state of Oregon, I disagree with the policies we have in place now that allow uh, abortions up to and including the moment of birth, taxpayer funded abortions, and now millions of dollars allocated for what we are now referring to as abortion vacations for people outside the state to come in here, use our taxpayer dollars for their abortions. Most Oregonians, I believe, don't agree with that. They should elect a pro-life, sensible governor like myself. And just to quickly follow up there, where would you start though? Waiting periods, parental consent. What's your thinking here, Bridget? Uh, we'd ha we have got a long ways to go to push back from where we are. I would try to get rid of those abortion funded, I mean, taxpayer funded uh, vacations here to have abortions. I would uh, pull back taxpayer funding for abortions. That would be a goal. And I would try to get back to where most Oregonians that as polled are now, which is only up to the second trimester, None, no third trimester or at the moment of birth abortions. And that seems to be where most Oregonians are. All right, thank you for that. I, I just wanna point out before we get to you, Mayor Pulliam, that there is uh, no evidence at this moment of where that leak came from, only that the Supreme Court, the Chief Justice there has directed the court to investigate the matter. So Mayor Pulliam, question to you, same question. Yeah, I, I sure hope Oregon right to life their board, their funders, their activists are watching this debate. These answers are a complete embarrassment for anyone who's received the Oregon Right to Life endorsement. This is the moment we've been waiting for. This is what all the work, the hard work and the donations and the activism has been all about, the overturning of, of Roe versus Wade. So what I say, in my opinions, have not changed. They have not changed from the day before this announcement was revealed to what it is today, which is I will sign any piece of pro-life legislation that comes across my desk, any piece of pro-life legislation that we can restrict the abortions happening in this state, a state that's essentially become a tourism state for abortion. You can have abortions from conception all the way until the afterbirth of that child. I would sign any restriction that we can have. I think Oregon Right to Life, especially on the heels of the, of the, of the televised debate last week, with the watered down answer from Christine Drazen, where she said she would only veto bills that extended abortion access, as if that's even possible. I think they should re, uh, re look at their endorsement. Uh, Stan, you mentioned uh, Right to Life, the anti abortion group, Oregon Right to Life, did not endorse you. What's your response? Yeah, I, th I think it's, it's gross, especially now when you consider, when you look at how the other candidates, or answering this question now that it's come true. This is the moment of truth, right? Where are candidates on this issue? I have a 100% completed positive pro-life questionnaire in front of Oregon Right to Life. I have an, a, a history of activism on this issue. I certainly deserve the endorsement and I think that they should look at it again.
they didn't endorse you though because other parts of your life didn't square with what they feel are conservative with, with their mission? christian values yeah, well, and, well um, i don't i apologize laura but i don't i don't see any of those things in their mission statement their mission statement is about protecting life uh, the sanctity of life the life of the unborn and i'm a 120 percent advocate you know for those issues and I, I did want to mention, unfortunately, we are not able to ask Christine Drazen the question since she dropped out of the debate, but she has been endorsed by the uh, anti-abortion group Oregon Right to Life. Did you have another response? I just wanted to follow up with Jessica, give you a chance to follow up on this question and draw you out a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, so an NBC News analysis of the Center for Reproductive Rights data, that's an abortion rights group, shows 23 states would institute bans trigger laws are on the books in 13 of those states. So Jessica, my question is, if Roe v. Wade falls, would you support Oregon as a growing refuge where people from other states could legally obtain abortion, a growing refuge, and to what extent, if so? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't think that we should be paying for other uh, people's health care that don't live in our state. And I know that there was some dollars that were allocated uh, recently for that purpose. Uh, I think we're going to see some changes. Uh, I don't know what they're going to look like. Um, this decision isn't final yet. Uh, but uh, in general, I, I think that we should keep our funding for health care uh, for Oregonians. Um, I would also like to mention too that we have these candidates here are have all stated that they're in favor of medical freemen when it comes to mass vaccines, um, and it's really inconsistent. And I'd like to you know point that out. I think um, this is uh, about bodily autonomy, and I am you know I am supportive of medical freedom that includes abortion, vaccines, and any any other procedures that are legally available. So for the record, uh, yes, uh, Bud Pierce, you want to have use your free speech pass? So on the pro-life issue, I think those of us on the pro-life uh, view the issue as protecting life, and it's not a medical procedure in our mind, and that's uh, in, our, in our view. So that's why, where the disagreement lies, and we society has to move forward and make its decision. On the pro-life side, we're always going to push for life over death, and we don't view uh, an abortion as a medical procedure, and that's the disagreement. And uh, in a uh, civil society will work through our disagreements and uh, live together. But on the pro-life side, we're always going to push hard for life. And Bridget Barton, did you also raise your hand for a free speech pass or you want to save yours? I think I'll save it. I'll save it. Okay. And I did just for a visual, I did want to ask all of you, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, how many of you, raise your hand, how many of you would defend the, the right in the Oregon State Constitution protecting women's right to abortion? Raise your hand if you would defend that current policy. So, so Bud Pierce, you also raised your hand. So you would defend the current policy, even though you say you're right to life. I'm against the policy as a law, but again, I'm elected as governor. Uh, I have to obey the law. I'm not the law. And what I need to do is work with right to life and other pro-life organizations to change the hearts and minds of Oregon citizens. I think that elected officials should never become the law or try to become the law or to defend the law, we need to change the law. And I'm, I'm gonna push hard for that, but I am not the law if I'm elected governor of Oregon. Officially, right, thank you, Ken. officially the third answer from Dr. Pierce on this issue. Right. I thought you asked about the policy, not the law, following the law. Of course, all of us as governor are gonna follow the law. All right, candidates, thank you.
And I should say the right to an abortion in Oregon is protected in statute, but not actually in the state constitution. When we come back, the candidates tackle the issue of homelessness. What would they do to get people off the streets and into shelters? Plus, you don't want to miss the lightning round. We're back in two minutes. Welcome back to Stray Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. We're bringing you highlights from the KGW City Club of Portland debate between some of the leading Republican candidates for Oregon governor. We asked how they tackle homelessness, and you'll hear their answers to some lightning round questions. We're going to move on. Dr. Pierce mentioned it briefly to homelessness, and they are linked. What would you do as governor to help the thousands of people who are homeless move off the streets and onto a healthier path? And we're going to begin here with Jessica Gomez. Yeah, so the unsheltered homeless and what we see happening in our urban areas is a result of addiction uh, and mental health. And so the, the question is, what do we do about that? And in this state, we're like number one in addiction and almost number 50 in actual services that people have access to. And if you talk to police officers, you know, this is taking up about 15 to 30% of their time. They're trying to work with people that are in crisis on our streets. And there's really only two options. They can take them to the emergency room or they can take them to jail. So we need infrastructure. And so the plan that I have is based after uh, the elderly care model. It's three levels of care. It's community-based. Um, first level is where you would have, uh, let's say your memory care uh, patients. Then you would have assisted living and independent living. And we need to start with our people that are struggling with addiction and mental health that are unsheltered and start them with the most secure level of care and get them healthy and stabilized. And then we got to make it so that we're not seeing people camping on our streets and we have to say no to that. And that's your time here. Bud, same question to you here. We'll declare a substance use disorder and a homeless emergency to get government on the same page. Uh, shelters have to be available for every uh, homeless person living on the street that begins to address uh, alcoholism, drug addiction, mental illness, uh, begin to prepare people to re-enter the mainstream culture, to have lives of contribution and not desperation. Um, individuals, this is voluntary, but if people don't want to participate or won't end up back on the street, then they will be breaking the law. It's illegal to camp and live on the streets and in the parks along the riverbanks. At that point in time, their choice will be a locked shelter or some form of incarceration until they will uh, participate uh, in uh, improving their lives and bettering their lives or they find private accommodation, but no living on the streets. All right, thank you. I just want to address briefly before we get to Bridget and Stan, and we will get to you. Uh, you both touched on addiction. Of course, this impacts people from all walks of life, families, teens, and seniors. Federal data shows Oregon is the worst in the nation per capita when it comes to illegal substance abuse. We are also worst in the country per capita for access to treatment. So experts who work in this area give us a grade F on addiction treatment. I'm gonna move this over to Bridget. You mentioned measure 110, of course. Uh, give me a sense of where you stand either on fixing our broken addiction system or, or on homelessness here, your choice. I'll do both. Your stats show this has been an abysmal failure, our homeless policy, and our career politicians should be ashamed. So I bring some unique experience and expertise I understand this at a gut level and at an intellectual level because I'm 40 years in recovery. I, when I stopped drinking at 28, I was a chronic round the clock alcoholic. I understand at this very deep level, what we are doing is backwards. We do not have a homeless problem. We primarily have a substance abuse problem on our streets. 
And we are enabling these people to commit slow suicide. Is, this is not compassionate. It is absolutely inhumane. I would set up a database. I would then go to low barrier homeless shelters that would push these people off the street and at least get a roof over their head, then reallocate all this housing money back to treatment. We need to turn the housing first model on its head. I'll tell you what, we have created a homeless industrial complex and I will put an end to it and I will get the homeless off the street and get the problem solved. And that's time there. Um, Stan, same question on homelessness or on fixing our treatment issues and access to addiction treatment. Yeah, former Portland Mayor Bud Clark, he had a three-prong approach. The first was is to provide help to those who want it. The second, to be firm with those who don't and to create and foster safe and livable communities where small business and neighbors can thrive. And what you just heard is all the candidates talk about that first prong approach, providing help to those who want it. And they talk about wraparound services, multi-layer tier, uh, mental health, uh, drug prevention. And we need all of those things, but we're the only candidate who's focusing any attention on that second prong, uh, being firm with those who don't. And it's not people who want care and assistance who are stealing these catalytic converters and creating this crime all over the state. We have a proposal to house uh, alternative location under that Ninth Circuit ruling uh, on Port of Portland property. We can have property there that we house folks. Uh, and then we have our own police security firm on, as Port of Portland's governor. We appoint the next commissioner. Uh, we can get security beefed up there. And when those folks break the rules in the law, they go to jail. We're also have proposals to triple the size of the state police, but we're going to be firm with- Dan, that's your time. I'm gonna jump in here, but I just wanna draw you up briefly, maybe 10 or 15 seconds. You mentioned Portland city property. How is governor are you going to do that? How are you gonna work with city officials who may not agree with your plan or be vehemently opposed to that? Well, that's what uh, leadership is about. Leadership is getting people on the same page uh, to get them to agree that your goals are not to hurt people, they're to help people. Uh, and we must take a different approach and a different stand. So leadership is about getting people to, to come along, agree on an idea and then executing a plan. That's what my life's been about. And I have confidence I can do it. And Bud, same question to Stan, actually, sorry, with the connection and the virtual delay, sometimes it's a bit tough. So Stan, how would you work with the city of Portland to implement that kind of plan? Well, actually, just a couple of weeks after we put together our plan, Sam Adams uh, actually had a plan that was very similar to ours, copying our plan. Uh, unfortunately, what we saw was is they couldn't muster the local you know, support to be able to put that into place. That's exactly why it needs to be done at the state level. That's why we need to use state resources to do it. That's why we need to use Port of Portland uh, property and we need to enforce uh, our rules. So uh, we, if the city of Portland's not willing to stand up as our next governor, we certainly will. It's a big reason why we're looking to triple the size of the state police. We're also looking to deputize a small portion of the state police's US Marshals. That way, when they arrest folks, you know, for breaking federal crimes, those folks go in the federal judiciary into the federal. All right. I'm going to I'm just going to wrap you up there because we've got to move on in the interest of time here. But thank you. I did want to revisit something that Bud said that I want to clarify. Did you say that you would incarcerate or jail people who were homeless, who wouldn't move off the street into shelters? No, I would say if they were breaking. Uh, well, I would say if they're breaking the law after having access to a shelter and voluntary programs to help themselves and then insisted on going back uh, on the streets and living there or in the parks. In my mind, they're breaking the law and there has to be a penalty. Uh, I think an appropriate penalty is to move them off the streets and into some form of a locked shelter incarceration. I would do that. It's not breaking the law to be poor or mentally ill or drug addicted. It's, it's against the law to live on the streets when you have an alternative that is there to serve you.
So if they don't take you up on the alternative to go to a shelter, you think that it's okay to put them in jail? For a period of time, I think that is correct. Candidates, uh, time to take a, a breath. It's time for our lightning round. And in this section, we ask you to keep your responses to no more than a word or a phrase. And in the interest of time, we may not ask all five of you each of these questions, uh, but I will ask all five of you this question. Uh, was Joe Biden legitimately elected president? Stan? No. Bridget? No one knows. That's the problem. Bud Pierce? He's the president. So you think he was elected legitimately? Was the Electoral College, yes. He's the president. And Jessica? Yes. And what is one word you would use to describe former President Trump? Jessica? One word? Or phrase? <laughs> there are so many. <laughs> I don't know if I could boil that down to one word. How about I'll take a phrase? A pass on that one. <laughs> okay, Bud Pierce. His own man. Bridget? Drained the swamp. And Stan? Spider. All right, do you ever see a time you would reimpose a mask mandate, Stan? Nope. Bridget? Never. Bud? No, ineffective. And Jessica? No. Next question, would you repeal the commercial activity tax, Jessica? I think we should give it a shot, yes. Bud Pierce? Yes, if given the power. Bridget? Yes, in a minute if I could. And Stan? Actually a sales tax, yes. Looking at the most recent legislative session, is there a bill that you would have vetoed if you'd been governor? And if so, which one, Stan? <laughs> most of them, but definitely uh, some of the gun legislation that came through, especially the one that says you know, let me lock up my, get my gun out of the lock, stop intruder, please don't hurt me. Bud Pierce. I agree with that. Second Amendment is uh, so important to protect uh, with veto gun legislation. Jessica? I would have vetoed that one also. I also wasn't in favor in uh, the you know, overtime uh, legislation for agricultural workers. I think that really hurts the actual workers and these small farms are really struggling okay. to provide a living wage for, for people. So just okay. a word or a yeah. phrase here, guys. Just a word <laughs> okay. or a phrase. The lightning round. Keep it short. And Bridget. Long list, but the gun bill. Okay. And all of the final design options for the I-5 bridge replacement include light rail. Would you support an I-5 bridge with light rail, Bridget? Absolutely not. Jessica? Can we pay for it? We need the bridge for sure. And you'd support it with light rail? Yeah, if we can pay for it. If we can afford Bud? to pay for it, yes. Only if more traffic lanes. Only if there are more traffic lanes, you would support light rail. Yeah, uh, I would support and, the light rail part if there are more lanes on the bridge for traffic. And Stan? Nope. What's something people would be surprised to know about you, Bridget? Uh, that I just became a grandmother two days ago. Yay! Oh, congratulations. It's great to be a grandma. Yes, indeed. Yes. <laughs> congratulations, Jessica. Oh, I bake really elaborate cakes. Oh. Yeah, we want to taste that, Ed, bud. I've become a connoisseur somewhatly of non-alcoholic beers and I uh, really enjoy them. Oh, what do you recommend? 
I like that edge, and of course, edge. It sounds like it's not much, but I, I really like the taste of it, and it's. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like edge. <laughs> and Stan. Uh, probably that I wrote the bill to legalize professional wrestling here in the state of Oregon. Did you know that? Our thanks to the candidates, Stan Pulliam, Bridget Barton, Dr. Bud Pierce, and Jessica Gomez. You can watch the GOP Oregon Governor's Debate in its entirety on KGW's YouTube channel. Join us next week. We'll hear from Portland City Council Commissioner Dan Ryan, who is up for re-election, and his leading opponent, A.J. McCreary. And remember to vote. The deadline is Tuesday, May 17th at 8 p.m. And new this year, you can postmark your ballot by that time and date, and it will still count. Remember, you can get Straight Talk as a podcast. Search for KGW Straight Talk wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next week for Straight Talk. Have a great week.